Welcome to the One Bite Vegan Food for Thought Summit, a series of 15 podcasts that present different aspects of a vegan lifestyle from some of the most prominent thought leaders in veganism. Perhaps you want to learn how to be a better advocate for animals. Maybe you want to feel confident about raising your family on a plant-based diet. Proudly sponsored by Veg Fund, the One Bite Vegan Food for Thought Summit's for you. Hello and welcome to the One Bite Vegan Food for Thought Summit. I'm your host, Emma Leticia, and in this episode, we're talking to the Executive Director of Veg Fund, Leslie Barkas. Leslie has extensive governance and senior management leadership experience in nonprofit and private enterprises around the world, and her professional exposure spans more than 40 countries. Among several other sectors, she's also worked in animal rights and welfare, biodiversity, conservation, and behavior change. Leslie's professional philosophy is that innovative business models, products and services, and creative approaches for appealing to human reason and compassion can bring into fruition a healthier and more generous world for people, animals, and the environment. And it's with this philosophy that she guides Veg Funds. So we're going to talk with her now to find out more about the organization and how we can be effective in our vegan outreach activities. Hi, Leslie. Firstly, a huge thanks to Veg Fund for sponsoring the summit. And secondly, thank you for joining us to talk about effective vegan outreach. Hi, Emma. Thank you so much for the opportunity to give me a few moments today. And I'm really uh, excited to be able to talk about Veg Fund this afternoon. Thank you. Perfect. Okay, so just to get started, can you tell us a little bit about how and why Veg Fund was set up? Yeah, Veg Fund has turned 10 years old this year. So the organization formally launched its programs in 2009. And Veg Fund very much has its origins in grassroots activism. So one of our, not really a, not a grantee, but a founder was a woman in Gainesville, Florida, Zia Terhoun, who was doing volunteer vegan potlucks and, you know, generally was very engaged in uh, animal rights and activism in her area and had written a letter into the Gainesville Sun. This goes back to actually 2008, you know, crying out for the... I guess you would say the lack of awareness or interest of what is happening to farmed animals when everyone was, you know, shouting about the Michael Vick dog fighting, you know, break. And so, you know, she said, hey, wait a minute, I understand why everyone's outraged about the Michael Vick situation. But in fact, what about all the literally the billions of farmed animals that are, you know, stuck in these factory farms and being killed? annually for human food consumption. And so that story really was the birth of Veg Fund because there was a funder who took notice and wanted to spread those potlucks across the United States. But instead of really doing potlucks, what was funded were food sampling program. So the food sampling program is really our, you know, cornerstone program, if you will, in Veg Fund. And since we started funding food sampling back in 2009, our activists, which now reach about 2,000 people in some 50 countries, have passed out more than 1 million food samples around the world and growing. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, thank you. So that's really the origin of the program, or Veg Fund, which has continued to evolve since that time. Okay, interesting. So you mentioned food sampling there. What other kinds of projects does Veg Fund support? 
Well, food sampling, as I said, is the cornerstone of our community outreach grants. And in addition to that, we encourage people to host documentary screenings. So, you know, there's lots of documentaries floating around out there that discuss or have stories about animals or people with animals and, you know, the the reach for generating information and knowledge about the benefits of vegan living. So Cowspiracy has historically been a very popular video that we've supported for community screenings or Forks Over Knives, Vegetated, more recently, The Last Pig, Dominion. So there are lots of documentaries that might be touching on themes of animal rights and or human health and diets or, you know, the role of climate change on the environment or some intersectionality of those films. A very interesting film that will soon be released are The Game Changers, which focuses on vegan athletes. So I guess you would say health and wellness related to athletic endeavors, you know, folks who are living a vegan lifestyle. So, and often within the screening venues, some of our activists will use food sampling. So they'll join screenings with food sampling, which is a nice combination in activism. We also as well support paid to view. So the iAnimal series of animal quality has been quite successful at, you know, bringing people insights into just what exactly, you know, is that process from the birth of an animal up through the slaughter? You know, what does that look like? And what can be some of the problems inherent in that process in many cases? So we do promote also the the paid to view program and VegFests are also very popular. We have supported, even this year alone, I think about 100 VegFests around the world. And by last count, there were something like 300 that were offered in various communities around the world. And that's a growing list. So those, those four categories of food sampling, pay-to-view screenings, and the VegFests, those are wrapped up in our community outreach program. And then we also support learning events whether that be capacity building and or skills building, if you will, for vegan activists or conferences or other tools and resources that might help build the confidence and the skills of vegan activists to reach out into their respective communities. We do a lot on online campaigns, whether they be vegan challenges or to raise uh, you know, awareness about some of the issues, as I talked about, in animal rights or the environmental sector, human health, videos reach out to people. And then we have an innovative outreach category, which have included things like, you know, billboards or other media channels or things that maybe we can't quite categorize into one of our grant areas. And we let the activists come to us and tell us what they might have thought of that we might be able to fund. Yeah, I saw on the VegFund website, um, there was once a vegan fashion show that fell under the innovative outreach category. So really, the sky's the limit. It's, you know, how creative can you be in your outreach, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. We do our best to, you know, we have limitations naturally. We are a small organization. And, you know, at this time, we have limited funds. I mean, we would love for other funders to join us and help us support our global network. However, we, you know, we do have a limited budget and we do what we can. But when we get an opportunity that first free fashion show was held in China and for that, obviously, it, you know, it's a very interesting market for us to try to reach out to promoting ideas of the beauty of actually vegan living. So all the food there was vegan. The clothes were vegan. 
And so it's an interesting way to put a very positive spin on vegan living. And so that fashion show was quite beautiful and a real hit in China. Mm, I'll bet. So what have been some of the other most interesting or successful projects that Veg Fund has supported in your opinion? Well, I, you know, for us, I guess, in, in, in some respects, they're all interesting. But we do have on our website at vegfund.org a host of activist stories. And so precisely, we try to give ideas of what other activists are doing that, you know, might be interesting. So we recently published a story called The Doggy Dash, which was from Boulder, Colorado. And as it recalls, that was a humane society there that did a uh, run, if you will, you know, with uh, bring your dog along. And so we took the opportunity to appeal to people who have and love their companion animals and to bring awareness to them that, you know, food animals are very much like their companion animal in terms of temperament and to, you know, express the desire of these animals to live as well. So the doggy dash was really interesting and that we had that nice crossover of people who were, you know, thinking and participating with their companion animals, but to help them think too about, you know, the food animals that are suffering much as their companion animal could be if it were caught up in the same situation. Another study or another paper came out recently of, it's called Beyond Impossible, and it was published by the Vegan America Project of Brighter Green. And this is, um, just to give you a little bit of variety, but this is a paper that's talking about the, the uprise now of the cultured meat industry and what that might mean for, you know, achieving at least a reduction in the massive killing of animals as we see today for food. So obviously cultured meat is, you know, so it's a big question. I, I guess in some ways it, it's really not a vegan product per se, but the implications are enormous for reducing the killing of animals, the killing, you know, reducing the suffering and killing of animals. So we do fund a broad range of projects and, you know, all of our screenings have been quite successful. And as I said, I think the screenings that are combined with food samplings are a really good way to introduce someone who might be new to the ideas of vegan living. It's, it's kind of a good way to introduce folks, you know, to the possibilities. Yeah, it, it's perfect really, isn't it? Especially when you're doing a movie screening people come out feeling really inspired and then they're like, okay, well now what am I going to eat? Salad? Because that's the stereotype. So no, it's a fantastic combination, as you say. Now, Veg Fund is celebrating 10 years of existence, as you mentioned. What have been some of the most inspiring changes your organization has noticed during that time? I think, you know, first and foremost, just growth, right? Growth among the activist community. I mean, if we really think about you know, we started with activist number one, and at this point, we've made over 5,000 grants total in our history. And in 2018 alone, we made 1,000 grants. So we've seen this growth trajectory, which is, you know, really phenomenal for us. And I think the thing that's just absolutely mind-boggling, honestly, is I look back maybe two or say three years ago, I've been with the organization now, I'm in my sixth year, I've started my sixth year. And when I started the word vegan, really, for the most part, you know, it wasn't showing up in, in mainstream restaurant menus. And it wasn't written about in, you know, 
serious journals like The Economist or The Lancet, which came out recently with an appeal to plant-based diets for human health. And we're seeing now the terms plant-based and vegan showing up very much in, in mainstream periodicals, in mainstream you know, language. We've just had the, the international public offering or the initial public offering of Beyond Meat, which was one of the most talked about and one of the most successful IPOs really of any product in recent history. So, you know, I'm just really astounded by the developments now that have taken place so quickly. And we seem to, I don't know if I think we're at a tipping point yet for getting the mass market to consider vegan living. I mean, I think we have a lot of work to do, but it certainly is a concept that is much more familiar to people than even three years ago. Mm. Yeah, that's for sure. And it's it's moving very, very fast, but it's it's a great sign, that's for sure. Now, let's go back a little bit to talking about some of the work that campaigners can do with Bridge Fund. When you apply to get a grant from Veg Fund, you have to kind of set out how you're going to measure the success and things like that. So in the eyes of Veg Fund, what makes a campaign successful? Well, yes. I mean, we, we'd like to see that the applicant has really well-formed ideas about what the campaign message should be, who is the target audience, why that target audience, why those messages, and how might the campaigner actually measure the success. And I want to say sometimes I think that as activists, we think that our intervention has to immediately turn people vegan. And I think that's a pretty far stretch for a lot of people. So what we'd like to see even is something potentially more modest. So maybe they would say, hey, I am putting out in my campaign certain messages to make people know more about where they can buy vegan foods, for example, right? And therefore have some measurement after the intervention that the person who, you know, interacted with that activist or with that campaign would be able to demonstrate that they know now where to buy vegan foods. Maybe they haven't gone all the way to being vegan, but it's, you know, there is an awareness raising that maybe is a smaller step that we can measure. Now, measurability and these kinds of behavior change notions, you know, they're very tricky for vegan activists who might be, you know, interacting at a veg fest with 10,000 people. It's really not practical for those veg fest organizers to follow those 10,000 people around for the next six or 12 months to find out what they're up to in their household, you know, and in their dietary choices. So it's really not easy. And I think that's why sometimes we do turn to some market trends like the, you know, the upshot of Beyond Meat. It's hard to give complete attribution to the animal activist community. Yet I do believe that some of the the melting of the ice, which I suppose is not really a very good analogy with climate change today, but I do think that some of that opening has been achieved because we've brought to light you know, some of the abuses that do happen in many factory farm settings and to make the link between plant-based foods and a higher quality of human health and wellness and to point to the link of our agricultural system as presently constructed to climate change. So 
you know, I, I can't say that all of these small initiatives that you can absolutely make attribution to, but I feel that something good has been happening, you know, out on the landscape. And to the extent that an activist can think about even small measures where they can, you know, understand how their audience is thinking and moving with the information they've been given is helpful. And if I could just quickly, you know, give one more example, I was saying, let's say you do a documentary screening, right? And you have people as a captive audience. After the screening is finished, literally for a show of hands, people could, you know, raise their hand in per a question that might be posed of who here now understands that cows have emotional lives, say, or some, you know, documentary about looking at the cow or something have emotional lives and are able to form friendships. So I think even with a show of hands and a documentary screenings on some point of knowledge could be made quite easily to measure what your audience learned. Okay. That's great. Great tips um, to know. And it's, I think it's useful for anyone that's interested in trying to get a grant to bear that in mind. I just wanted to add on one more thing. And and for those campaigners who are actually working in social media platforms, right, such as Facebook or Instagram, but maybe particularly Facebook, there are things that are are baked into those programs that help us see if they're doing, if the campaigner is using the mechanism of Facebook ads, we can literally measure the number of clicks, the number of people clicking on that ad. And if they click through to some call to action, that might bring that viewer back to a website or to download a a vegetarian or vegan starter kit. So there are things that are also more concrete and more sophisticated. But, you know, we need campaigners who really understand those platforms and understand the content they're putting out for what audience. Right. So it definitely depends on which type of outreach activity you're doing. Right. Now, some of the activities obviously involve people or campaigners being face-to-face with members of the public. And sometimes, as we know, if we've been vegan for a while, just merely being vegan can trigger some people to be a little defensive. What tips would you give to campaigners to ensure positive interactions with members of the public when they're carrying out the sorts of campaigns where they will come face to face? I think first and foremost, we as vegan activists, I mean, we really have to listen to the audience we're trying to reach and, you know, have empathy for where their starting point is and where they're coming from. So we all have, you know, our biases about what people should be told and how they should be living and what they should be doing. But at the end of the day, we need to try to move people from point A to point B, but with the starting point, you know, in their lives. So we have to take people where they are, as opposed to going up to them and, you know, trying to expect that we're going to give them, you know, one modest piece of information and expect that they're going to live a vegan lifestyle. So I think it's really, really important to listen to people, to understand where they're coming from, what their cultural background might be, what their habits might be, what their constraints might be, and honestly have empathy for that audience and move forward on a gradual basis with where people are. Hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. Now, on the Veg Fund website, I know you've got a lot of resources to help vegan advocates. Can you describe for us what kind of resources are available? 
Yeah, so we're, we're building, you know, these elements within our website, but we do have a community page. So one thing that's been very popular as we started experimenting with last year are to allow activists to put their event onto our events calendar. And that seems to be quite popular. I think a lot of people are, you know, picking up on that page and it's helping to draw in either volunteers of vegan activists and or just drawing, you know, people to events. On our community page as well, we have a couple of forums where people can sign up for exchange of just general activist activities and another forum for VegFest organizers that we've been exploring. So, you know, we do have that community page and and with that, we hope foster connections among the activist community. Then as well, we do have a, you know, a pretty healthy list of resources that of course we're still growing though, just the same, that give activist tips, um, some resources and helpful hints for you know, perhaps one is a beginning activist. So they can go in and explore our resource page. As I said, we're, we're building that out. We're putting their, you know, papers that might help the activists converse more fluidly with the public. I, I reference the cultured meat research paper from the Vegan America Project. I think it's important that our activist community understand what's happening out there on the landscape. So we're trying as well to, you know, educate folks about what trends are. And as well, we put recordings there of webinars that of our skills building events that we initiated in 2018 and continue into 2019. So, you know, it's a little bit of a hodgepodge yet and we continue to populate it, but there are things there that would help a new activist you know, with a, like a film, a film screening guide and some of the films that have been the most popular and what have you. So there's a little bit of this and that, and I would, you know, encourage people to go and check out our resource section of our website. Perfect. You mentioned the online global communities, so the forums. For somebody that's maybe new to vegan outreach, how helpful do you think it is to become part of that community? I think it's really helpful. We're just finishing up our attendance at the 2019 Animal Rights Conference and we pulled together VegFest organizers. They really enjoyed coming together and sharing their challenges and exploring ways that, you know, they could improve their VegFest or just trading ideas of, you know, how how they could fix some of the things that pop up the day of or, you know, their constraints that they have as they're trying to pull off a a successful veg fest. So I think people are always eager to network and we hope to provide, you know, more of those opportunities for people to network and exchange. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's a really fantastic idea because it could be a way to share resources as well amongst each other. So no, it's fantastic. Now, if somebody would like to get a project funded by veg fund, what are some of the first steps they should take? Well, you know, some folks may just need to gather their own base of information about vegan activism and about veg fund. So in that respect, we invite them just to even as a starting point, sign up for our newsletter, which they can do so at vegfund.org. So that would be a great starting point. And then once we have them in our system and our database, we'll provide them a monthly blog or quarterly newsletter. If they wanted to go a step further and actually apply for a grant off our website as well, there is an apply login button that they can select and that will take them into our grant management system. So from there, you know, it's, I think it's rather self-explanatory. And if not, you can reach out to us with questions 
to you know complete the successful application for a grant. But I think those are probably you know two of the best ways to get started. And as I said, join in a webinar, right? If you just want to join in a webinar, see some of the things that we address in our skills development workshops. That's a great way to you know hear other people online, learn about you know what folks are up to. So really, any of those channels, and then just generally, if people have questions, you know, we do have uh, we encourage just general questions that might come to us where we'd be happy to you know, see what people need and respond accordingly. Excellent stuff. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Leslie, thank you so much for talking with us and for all the amazing work Veg Fund is enabling by grassroots activism. Well, again, thank you, Emma, for the opportunity. And we hope that your listeners will come and visit us and at least sign up for our e-newsletter and even better yet, become part of our global activist community. So we welcome everyone. Thank you for listening and being part of the One Bite Vegan Summit. Be sure to keep up to date with the latest One Bite Vegan online events and free resources, including the One Bite Vegan blog and digital magazine by connecting with us via our website, onebitevegan.com. Remember, one bite is all it takes to make a change.